Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is how I've always felt about this show. If I'm going to do it, like, yes, I want people to watch it, yeah. but I got to kind of do what, if my face is going to be on it, if my voice is going to be on it, if my name's going to be on it, it's got to be from me. What a year it's been. November 13th, 2019, that was the day that Fios One News and with Fios One News Restaurant Hunter went off the air. And depending on when you're listening to this, it's either almost a year or a year or a little bit more than a year since Restaurant Hunter went away. And I still get people who miss the show. They tell me they miss the show. I still get people who ask about it. And I decided that might be a good idea to do a show, just letting people know exactly what I'm up to and exactly why they haven't seen Restaurant Hunter in a year, why they haven't seen me on TV in a year. It's not a simple answer. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into that. Um, so I'm just going to share it all here on Hot Takes on a Plate on the Believe Podcast Network. If you are new to the show, do me a favor. Subscribe. Click the subscribe button or follow if you're a uh, if you're a uh, Spotify person. That way you never miss an episode. We do some great stuff on here. I don't know why I'm saying we. It's me. It's just me. One person. Uh, if you liked Restaurant Hunter, this is a little different, but it's in your wheelhouse. Uh, even this podcast, it evolved because of COVID. It was originally supposed to have a lot of dining tips and me visiting my favorite local restaurateurs and chefs and the people I missed from doing Restaurant Hunter. And then COVID hit and, you know, we all became recluses and, you know, Zooms. And so the show's changed, but it's it's I, I like this show a lot and I'm really enjoying it. So make sure to subscribe now. If you're here for the dirt on Restaurant Hunter, like I said, it's been a year and I get asked a lot of questions. I actually um, put this out on Instagram the other day um, for viewer questions. I have a bunch of questions from viewers that I'm going to answer a little later in the show. I'm also going to reminisce about the good times with the person who spent more time in the trenches with me, uh, my longtime videographer, Daniela Vitucci. Uh, But as far as the show, I think I've grandstanded and procrastinated enough um yeah it's been a year and basically when i found out that there would be no more restaurant hunter i was actually in montana it was august we were given three months notice i was on vacation i got blindsided by it um and it was a gut punch a a huge gut punch because i put so much of my life into doing that show And then over time, I adjusted to the new reality, and I was okay with it. Um, I actually was kind of, if I'm being honest, ready for a change. I had been doing it since 2011, and I counted at the very end. Um, We did that show. I know a lot of you think we did one show because you watched it on Long Island or the Hudson Valley, and you may not even be aware we did it in other places. We had three 
Fios One News channels. We had Long Island, Lower Hudson Valley, and New Jersey. And we started on Long Island in 2011, and we expanded to the Lower Hudson Valley with the show in 2015. And then in 2017, we added a New Jersey show, and I couldn't host all three things. I'm only one person. And we hired a fantastic host in New Jersey, Christine Sloan. And between at the end, between the three shows, I executive produced all three, we did 100 original episodes a year, and that's a lot. And over the course of all the years, um, I executive produced 585 original episodes of Restaurant Hunter. And I was tired, <laughs> very, very tired. And if you were a fan of the show and saw the way it was produced, it was a lot of work. And we did not have a massive team of people doing it. We just had a very hardworking, dedicated team. And so by the end, I was ready for a new challenge. Um, the biggest question I get, and I, I thought about maybe saving this to the end, but I'll put it out there now. People always say to me, oh, why don't I see you on News 12? Why don't you take the show to News 12? Why are you not on News 12? Well, I have never reached out to them, and they've never reached out to me. I didn't want to reach out to News 12, nothing against them, but let's say I did make the show there or a version of the show, I should say. Um, that, to me, felt like complacency, like doing the same thing. I wanted a new challenge. I didn't want to do exactly what I had been doing for almost a decade in a new home. I wanted to do something different. And so, you know, that's what I decided I was going to do. I was going to do something different. And so I never pursued that. Um, they never pursued me. So all the people who ask me that, oh, have you thought about News 12? Yeah, yeah I thought about it, but... I wanted something different. The other big question I get a lot from people is, uh, why am I not doing this on YouTube? I should start an internet show. Well, um, to do that requires funding. <laughs> it requires a lot of advertising. And um, those things are not always super lucrative to get off the ground. And um, I got two young kids, and I'm not ready to kind of start that sort of business. And so, and also... I don't want to, again, I don't want to do the same thing I've been doing over and over. Um, I wanted to do something different. It was time. And so I know that's disappointing for people to hear, but that's also why I started this podcast because it was a creative outlet and it was a chance to still keep my, my feet in the, the local food waters to an extent. Of course, that was pre-COVID. So I, I was doing that to to keep sort of my name out there and, and keep the brand going, but without having to put in the time and effort of shooting videos for no money, which is what YouTube can be, at least at the beginning. So um, that's why you don't see me doing that. Uh, there was talk at the beginning of finding a way to resurrect Restaurant Hunter. I'm not going to pretend there wasn't. Um, there were people who were interested in that. I don't own Restaurant Hunter. That I, I am not in charge of that. So the people who were, who were pushing that, um, it wasn't me. But... Uh, the things they were trying to do wound up being unsuccessful. Um, and that's, again, I was okay with that. I actually was networking in the fall and talking to a lot of production companies and looking to try to go a little bigger um, and produce or host things on network TV. And having, you know, what I'd call good success in terms of building a little momentum. I didn't have anything that was imminent, but, you know, it's, what people who aren't in TV don't realize is it's it's a, a tough road and it takes time. But I was playing the game properly. And then, you know, the holidays came and everybody takes a little break, and understandably. 
And then uh, January came around, and that's when I had my heart attack. <laughs> a very unexpected heart attack. And that kind of derailed things for a little bit. And then, you know, a month later, I was feeling like, all right, maybe I could give this a go again, you know, uh, late February. Like, all right, let's 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 ramp back up. And then this thing called COVID came. And the entire TV industry shut down. I was actually supposed to have meetings uh, with a production company to talk about pitching, you know, some some big outlets. And that all disappeared because the kind of shows we were talking about doing weren't being done anymore. So that part of my career took a little pause. Uh, everybody's did. But what I did do in that time is I said, all right, here we are in March. COVID's hitting. Things are changing. Um, I want to do something about it. And so something that I've never said publicly before, I'm going to say it right here, an exclusive, me and some of my former teammates on Restaurant Hunter banded together and we started making a documentary. It's not made yet, it's not ready, but we started making a documentary about how this global pandemic is impacting New York restaurants. And we are we have been working to sell it um, part-time, all of it's part-time, it's all sweat equity for us at this point, but um, we have a lot of footage and a lot of interviews and we are working on the product as we speak. And hopefully you'll get to see something in 2021. But we are, like I said, been working on this documentary. So I got the podcast, been working on the documentary, been also homeschooling my kids because, again, you know, 2020, <laughs> got to do that. And so um, so I've been doing that as my kids now go to school part-time um, and they're home half the time. And I've also been, of course, picking up, you know, some freelance work here and there. Um, I'm actually doing a, uh, a freelance project right now um, that I just started that's going to take me through the end of the year that has nothing to do with food and nothing to do with traditional TV, but it's with really nice people, and it's actually for a good cause. It's, it, it involves healthcare and patients, and so I'm doing that, and uh, I'm also still developing shows. Um, again, I don't, I don't like to count my chickens before they hatch, but I'm working on a really great pitch right now with a super talented person, a host. And um, yeah, that's the big thing I want to get to right now is what this year has taught me. This might be disappointing for some of you to hear, but um, I, when I did Restaurant Hunter, I produced the show and I hosted it, and that's rare. And I knew at some point I would have to make a decision. Am I going to be a producer or a host? And what this year has taught me is that I'd rather be behind the scenes as a producer than as a host. And so my efforts right now with TV are focused on that, um, developing things for other people, you know, and working with other people and and brainstorming and, and collaborating. And I've been doing some talent coaching and helping develop people's ideas. I like that. And so... I'm not going to say I'll never be on TV again, um, but right now I I just feel a, a larger gravitational pull to producing. I think deep down I, I knew that was the case before Restaurant Hunter ended. Uh, I had a couple of moments in the last couple of years that I think solidified that looking back. Um, I think one of them was when I guest judged on Beat Bobby Flay, which should have been like a like an amazing moment. And... I didn't really enjoy it that much. Uh, I realized I have a lot of anxiety around that stuff. A lot of, so much pressure I put on myself. And 
I put so much pressure on myself and I had su- I have such um imposter syndrome sometimes that you know as a as a, as an on-air talent I get very uncomfortable in my own skin whereas as a producer I don't. And the other instance before Restaurant Hunter ended that I think looking back made me realize that producing is where I wanted to be was uh we did an episode of our New Jersey show um that I said before Christine Sloan hosted in Philadelphia. And as executive producer, I went along for the ride um, one of the days of shooting, um, just as help, just to be there where I could be there, help out any way I could. And honestly, it was one of the most fun days I ever had on the show, Uh, running around the city with one of our videographers, Christian McLaren, getting really cool B-roll shots to use in a cold open and use within segments and... Uh, you know, being there for Christine to kind of be a second set of ears and discuss things that I heard and things we could throw in and 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 brainstorming ideas on the fly, doing that with the whole crew. I mean, you know, so I, I think I knew somewhere deep down before this all ended that that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be producing more than hosting. But, you know, I was wrapped up in such a thing where it's like this this competitive thing tv where you want to get as far as you can go and as high as you can go and and you know i had gotten to this point where i was i was hosting my own show and i was hosting two shows and you know uh, and winning awards for it and i wanted you know there was this part of me it's like well of course you got to try to be on food network that's the next step but I, i started to realize that that's that wasn't where i was having the most fun you know, don't get me wrong. I, I, there were, there were so many days there where I enjoyed hosting the show, and I really enjoyed it in the moment with the different people and, and getting to know everybody. And but, you know, I'm not somebody who, who feels comfortable necessarily always watching myself on TV. Um, I, the show, from what I understand, is on video on demand still. Uh, if I was put it on video on demand, I have not gone back and watched any of the episodes. Um, I don't always feel comfortable when I'm recognized in public, uh, just being honest. Uh, it's, it's weird to me cause I just, I just feel kind of like a normal guy. And also at this particular moment in my life, I just can't imagine doing what I did before. You know, I, I had a heart attack in January and I've made a lot of lifestyle changes. And one of the things that was always important to me when I was doing restaurant hunters to be honest and true to the show and me stuffing my face with, with food right now it would not be honest to me you know I've lost it's, it's sad because I'm not on TV anymore of course I, I'm as thin as I've been in over a decade but <laughs> I've lost 35 40 pounds since I did that show um, you know a lot of that is just major lifestyle changes and medication and whatever but you know I, I couldn't just sit there and be stuffing my face with hamburgers on TV right now that would be disingenuous and I'm not interested in it um, I think COVID and, and a heart attack made me realize what's important. What's really important to me right now is my family, and I'm getting to spend time with them. Maybe a little too much time, <laughs> a little too much time, but, um, you know, I I really do love being a dad, and I just I can't imagine right now taking it to the quote-unquote next level and just having to be away from my family a lot. So for right now, it's all about doing things that, that satisfy me. And, you know, satisfying me would be doing this podcast and looking to sort of up my game as a producer and just enjoy a great quality of life. Now, I did want to have a guest on for this episode, if we're going to do a look back at Restaurant Hunter. And the guest I had on um, spent more time 
in the field with me than anyone. Uh, Daniela Vitucci, she was our, our lead videographer for many, many years. And, and if you know the show, I snuck her on TV plenty of times. I snuck her voice on TV a lot of times because I would literally talk to her and break the fourth wall um, when I was shooting with her. She has a larger-than-life personality. You'll, you'll hear it during the podcast, but she just made fast friends everywhere we went. I mean, she is she became a, a character sort of like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's got Guillermo, I had Daniela. And so I, we hadn't actually, believe it or not, she, she left the show before the show ended. Um, I can't remember now, but the date's a year or two before. But um, we've texted often since then, but we actually haven't talked since her going away party, um, shockingly. And so this was long overdue. And when I started this podcast, I always said I wanted to use this podcast as an excuse to catch up with friends. So that's what I did here. I got to catch up with Daniela. Um, and I'm going to, uh, what either before this podcast comes out or a little bit right after. So if you listen to the beginning, you might miss this. But I'm going to put on Instagram. Um, you'll hear at the beginning of this interview me reference pictures. She had texted me some pictures uh, for my birthday this year. Um of us in the field uh, in Montreal doing uh, an episode we did in Montreal. I'm going to post those pictures uh, to Instagram. So when you hear us talking about that, you can go to Instagram at Rob Patron TV. Um, I'll put it up probably on all the social media channels at Rob Patron TV on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, so you can look at those pictures as well. And when this interview is over with Daniela, which we get, we get, you know, pretty into it um, in terms of just all the things that we enjoyed, but also all the the, hard, the things that were hard about the show, the things that made us say, okay, it was a great moment in our lives, but okay, we're ready for new things. Uh, so we get into all that. And on the other side of the interview, I am going to answer some questions uh, that were posed to me on Instagram about the show and about me. So, uh, but right now, here's me and Daniela talking about Restaurant Hunter. Enjoy. Those pictures that you you texted me the other day, besides putting a huge smile on my face, that's where I I got the idea to do this. Yeah, really? Yeah. Did you wait? Did you did you really get that idea before then? I thought I inspired. Them. Yeah, you did. No, no, that's where I got the idea from. From your pictures, you inspired that. Like, like <laughs> I was like, you know, it got me. I. I started thinking like, oh my gosh, it's been a year since the show went off yeah. the air. Like it went off the air. November 13th was like the, the, the day that Fios One News signed off. And, yeah. um, you know, those pictures, I mean, they were from Montreal when we took that crazy. That was like, crazy that was like trip. my star memory. I swear. There were so many fun things about that, that trip. So many just ridiculous, insane, but fun, chaotic. And just, it was like a, I, I felt like that was sort of like the the pinnacle that trip because at that point we were I think that was the that was if I'm not mistaken that was like the year we were coming off like winning three Emmy awards yep. and so we were just feeling like we were when I had a, we had a fire year. yeah we yeah, were we feeling ourselves a little bit and then <laughs> and then it was like right after that it was like all right now we're gonna go international we're gonna do an international episode we're gonna go to Montreal <laughs> I think there were six of us on the trip. You know, like a caravan yeah. of 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 us going up to Montreal, um, mm -hmm. and then oh, me and Nicole, oh my God, me and Nicole have a lot of <laughs> Rob. Till this day, there are still things till this day that you do not know how many fires we put out while we were like, we were like, everything good, and we're like, yeah, it's fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I kind of wish Nicole was on this just so that she could be like, 
she would she wouldn't be able to get a word out without laughing because you have no idea what was going on. <laughs> I thought about inviting a bunch of people on this, but then I'd have to pay for like the the fancy Zoom where you can go over forty minutes, and I'm like, yeah, it's all right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would have split it with you. Uh, no, that was funny though. That was a good. That was a good trip. That was fun. How many years were you on? Or do you know how many episodes you did on the show? How many, oh my God. I'm not even a quarter as organized as you. You want me to count the episode, man? Uh, I actually, <laughs> when the show went off the air. I know it was there for six years. Six, six years. years. That's a lot. That's Because the show, yeah. I think, was I think it was on for nine or, or close to nine. I know I counted at the end. And between the three versions of the show, we did 585 original episodes. Wow. So you were, you were the, I don't think you're the longest tenured person on the show. That was probably Pete. Uh, oh yeah. But in there since like, I don't know. He's like a, <laughs> but I wanted to bring you on because you are the person who spent the most time with me in the field. And no, this is not a slight to the editors, but editors live in a dark room with no windows looking at the things that we did and making it look beautiful. But the real stories, like the, the the action, the things that I think listeners want to hear about, that all happens out in the field. That's because that's what they're seeing on TV. What we what we did in the field, uh, you know, and and the show evolved so much from when you started. When you started, it was just you and me out there in the field. It was just yeah. it, it was it was us. It was you, me. It seems impossible. No, like, honestly, it's crazy. It seems impossible. Smoke and mirrors. Like, like like <laughs> like, like no you you were the videographer you were the sound person I would bring a second camera and I'd be when I was done doing my on camera I'd shoot some what we call B roll and it was yep. smoke and mirrors. Yep, there's not like no one now. And I remember the funny thing is there's like an episode sticking out of my head. I'm not sure if you remember it. It was in Woodbury. And there, um oh my god what restaurant was it at? It was at the Japanese restaurant. You did something with um compound chicken or something. And it was like one of the first episodes I think I actually filmed. Like I was filming by myself. I wasn't shadowing. Like, no, I, I didn't get I didn't get any shadow. Okay, this is vaguely all. familiar. I don't remember the name of the restaurant. Woodbury but, Commons. Or, Woodbury Commons place. I don't even think the restaurant's there anymore, maybe. But um, Yeah, it was like an Asian fusion place. Yeah. And it was and I had to like I was filming, but like we went outside to do your stand-ups. And this is when like you're like, you have the camera on auto, and I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, I can't see and I have to monitor the sound. You're like, no, 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 it's not. A, I'm like, just do this, this. I'm like, wait, this seems like impossible. Hold on. Like, I don't. Okay. I so so I'm going to translate uh, camera technical speak for the audience. Oh, okay. um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, cameras have, have these settings, um, you know, they're, they're manual or auto and auto is like the camera thinks for you. So when you iris, which is the part of the camera that lets light in and out, if you put it on auto, and you move the camera, it's going to adjust to try to keep the light all the same. But what will happen is if you leave it on auto and you start moving it around, it's just going to start flickering like crazy. And so yep. a pros pro would never have the camera on auto. Exactly. But, you know, I pulled Daniela off the street. And so <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, you essentially did. Yeah, pretty much. You did. I was like, I was so new. I was fresh. I was just. I was fresh. well, you know, the place we worked paid so well that you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> living large. So, so you know, but no, that's that was. I mean, look, I I met you through your dad. We shot an episode at your dad's restaurant, Tesoro, and yeah. in Westbury, and 
I, at the time I was using somebody who was, who was not my full-time photographer, my videographer, because the original videographer, and I'm about to name drop now, the original videographer of Restaurant Hunter is actually kind of a celebrity now in his own right. Kevin VC, Kevin VC, who is a <laughs> star reporter on News 12, which I don't know if you saw, he made national headlines this spring. Yeah. He covered. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I follow him on. He Instagram. covered a Trump rally, or I guess it wasn't a Trump rally. I'm calling it a Trump rally. It was a it was a maskless uh, COVID is a hoax rally mm-hmm. that that kind of had that vibe, and um, he was kind of assaulted a little bit by some of the people there, and the video went viral, and he went from a couple thousand to uh, I don't know how many tens of thousands of followers on social media overnight. And, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, I think was talking about him and, you know, whatever. Um, but you were basically, I didn't, when he left to go be, he left to be a reporter at Fios one news, he got like a promotion. And so, um, I did not have a, a videographer and your dad was like, Oh, my daughter does video. And, um, I was like, Oh, cool. And so, you know, we, that that's you know one thing led to another and and then there you were which was hysterical because i just got out of like i was doing like independent stuff when i mean independent I mean like not getting paid for anything and just uh you know shooting stuff for so you were living to, the dream like, oh yeah uh i was right out of school it was fresh i told you and my, i was trying to get out of the restaurant business like i just didn't want to do it didn't want to they want to be there and literally in the first job I get is literally like, what do you do for this? Before you go into restaurants and you shoot food? And I was like, well, I got a background in food. So Well, it, it served you well because I you really were you were a champ in the kitchens. I mean, I think one of the the best things that you brought to the show in those early days and, and beyond, but you know, in those early days, you know, you you were still learning. And, you know, by the end you you were like a ridiculous pro. I mean, just like a beast mode with the camera, but all throughout one of your best skills that you had was that you made fast friends with the people in the kitchen and you, you know, yeah, I was the one in front of the camera, but I wasn't sitting there in the hot kitchen sweating with these chefs the the entire time that, that video you see of them cooking, I wasn't there. I would go sit and have a drink, you know, I would, I would, I would drink drink my, my Pellegrino in the, you know, at the bar and make small talk (laughs) with the owners. And you were the one back there doing all the gritty work. And because you were, you knew the language, you knew what they were doing. You would make the, you know, fast friends with these people. And it, I feel like it got us good stuff. Yeah, no, it did. It was, it helped, it helped a lot. It definitely helped when I knew what they were doing. I knew how long it was going to take. They're like, so I'm going to do this next. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't need to see that. They're like, yeah, but this is when I do this. I'm like, no, nah, it's not good for TV. Cause I, I knew what it was. <laughs> so like certain marinades, certain things, like I'm going to put it in the freezer. I'm like, no, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I just, Let's speed that, this that, along. That that helped. That helps a lot. But in terms of following action, that was huge. That's what helped me with it. I'm not gonna that. Definitely. You could anticipate where it was yeah, gonna go. I was able to anticipate really, really well with that. Two things I can anticipate well: shooting musicians and food. Those are the two things I'm like beast mode because I mean that's the two things I grew up with my entire life. So one of my favorite memories of you and working with you was when we covered and did a story, and it actually ended up winning an Emmy uh, was when we did Smorgasburg. Oh my God. 
I, I remember because because it was it was just the two of us. That was one of those ones where it was just you and me that uh-huh. we didn't have a second. You know, as the show went on, we added crew. So we became oh, we usually well, we became usually it was a two camera shoot, not a one camera shoot. So this Smorgasburg was a one camera shoot and it was a one camera shoot on a super hot day back when it was in Brooklyn Bridge Park. And it was in a concrete slab and yeah. in, in, in super, super hot day. And concrete slab super hot day one camera spread out we're not inside a restaurant where it's a tight quarters we have to walk all over to multiple places and let me throw in one more tidbit to the story yep. daniella was pregnant yep let me just throw that one out there too abusive you were abusing me. <laughs> you're like it's fine you, just, you need water no i'm kidding no you were so you were sweet with me you're like do you need to eat like do you want some watermelon like not even like the crap food you were trying to give me like healthy stuff it was, was me he was like i'm fine but like i'd be like passing out i think at one po- point i took the camera and i'm like take a break i'm gonna go shoot some video um but that was bad uh, that was we did though we wanted me it worked for it there we go but that was you like being you like just getting it done just yeah. like in ways that is just like, what, what, who is this like tornado of a person? <laughs> it's actually a good way to describe me. I am a tornado. I destroy things. as I swim <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. Cause like, you know, as the, the show grew and our crew grew, I think in my mind, the pressure sort of grew with the show. And yeah. when, when it's funny, cause when you texted me those photos, I responded by saying good times, though oddly, I don't miss doing that show. I'm I'm sure you can relate. And you replied that you completely understood. Yeah. And I think because of the fun content we did, I think people, they have no idea just how much work went into what we were doing and how much pressure we put on ourselves to keep raising the bar. And that, what that did, at least to me over time, it just, by the end it wore me down yeah it what you know the thing it wasn't even that it was you know like again like i was grateful uh, you know to be a part of something again like from its inception it's very rare that you get you get you become a part of something that grows that much uh, you know in in that short amount of time and you get to see it through all stages like i didn't see it through all stages but i came on almost just about to its inception really it was i think we were on about Eh, probably two and a half years at that point. But it was very fresh. It was very fresh. There was yeah, no we, look, look, a lot of growth. You know what I mean? You so came like, in at a time when the show was 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 getting its footing. Like we were yeah. we were a pretty good show, but we were still small, um, still held together by tape, you know, like yeah, um, yeah exactly. It was yeah. like a lot. Yeah. So to see that was was great. And I was grateful for it. But then it got to a point where it was like, okay, we we kind of um it was gonna make me. It's gonna make me sound a little pompous, but I think we kind of like outgrew, <laughs> like uh, certain things. Like we we were just uh, trying to say this in a way that's nobody's listening. Say it how you want to. I'm just saying. Like, I I I think we sort of outgrew that network. Like we wanted to do certain things, and they kept we we kind of were getting blocked every second. So we had to keep going around it and going around it, and it was like making compromises to things that shouldn't have been well, compromised. You know, Does look, we sense? were doing we were doing what we originally set out to do was to do sort of a fun local news food show on a local news channel. And what we did is we started to make it a production, if you will. You know, we, we were trying to do something that you would see on a network, a cable network, but we were doing it with local news resources. And that's look, I'm the, that's not a knock on, 
our former employer or anything. It's just we no, we 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 changed the game. Like we decided to flip the script and change the game, but we were trying to do it with yeah. one hand tied behind our back, you know, because again, like we we weren't working for CNN, you know, like and and that's not again, like no, you know, it's local TV, you know, yeah. but we were trying to do that kind of level thing and I think we were nobody was putting the pressure on us to do that except us yeah no that that's what the funny thing was it was just more of like I, like especially me i would watch all these things and i would i would watch all these shows and i knew in terms of equipment wise too i was a big gearhead so like i was constantly trying to be like rob we can get like a good lens and you're like no <laughs> nah, there was no budget know, but, but you were no you were right there was no budget it didn't make sense and you were like hey like let's just do what you know and it, and it was me getting frustrated with that then you were trying to get like new content and it was hard like it got hard and it was you know oh i mean that montreal trip to bring it full circle was like the the ultimate in terms of me getting in my own head as a producer yeah. and it's like i look back at that you know that episode and what it ended up being and that was me bringing my A game as a producer and my C game as a talent because I was so focused on things I shouldn't have been focused on. I was so focused on, I had this, 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 this sort of like fever dream of what I wanted it to look like. And, you know, and, and down to the most minute details and just camera angles. And I was, I was directing and producing and I had this vision and the one thing I wasn't focusing enough on was, oh, yeah, you need to be on camera and like, like conduct really good interviews. So when I'm doing my interviews, they weren't terrible, but like I felt like my head was elsewhere. It was thinking about where the cameras were. It was thinking about this. Yeah. It was thinking about that. I was I wasn't living in the moment. And looking back, it's like, oh, God, like, dude, like you could have been so much better there. Yeah, I think that's your own thing, though. I think you were in your yeah, you were in your head a lot more than I thought because me, oh, every hell time yeah. I was there, we were all running around, and it was again, you and I had these meetings. We all had these group meetings, and then you and I, before even anybody shot, you and I would sit down, have breakfast, and be like, "Okay, Rob, like, let's talk about this." And I would purposely try to pick your brain so that whenever we got to a shoot and you were talking to, you know, uh, the chef or whoever we were interviewing in that, you know, at that time, it would be like, "Okay, I'm not going to ask him any questions unless I know that like." his head's going to explode if he sees this. Oh, um, no, no. You, it, yeah. what I'm talking about had nothing to do with you. Oh, like no, no, you no. were, you were I'm bringing your A game. I, I, I was, I was a lunatic. I feel bad because I was like, wow. Like the whole point is like, all right, you just you focus on you. You do you, do you boo. And, <laughs> and I feel bad now. Like that's terrible. Yeah, no, you were letting me do me. I just, yeah, my well, point is more, what, all my prep going into it. Like, like before I showed up, like, like all my prep in the days and weeks leading up to it was so focused on what you guys were doing. Yeah. Because as executive producer, I had this vision that I really wasn't focusing as much on what I needed to be doing. I wasn't ignoring it completely, but like, yeah. just looking back, like, I don't know, like, I just feel like, oh, like, I, oh, I should have asked that. I should have said that there. Like, I just was so... It was almost you become robotic when you're thinking about what's going on around you. Oh, and that yeah. was a lesson I learned from from doing that episode was like, dude, you can't do that. Like you just you you can't, man. Like like you can have a vision, but you got to And that's really what it came down to was I always knew after doing that show, I was going to have to choose. Do I want to be um, a talent or a producer? Like I can't do both anymore. 
And that was always the thing I was most afraid of walking away from Restaurant Hunters, making that decision. Like, what am I going to do? And honestly, when they said the show is over, I still didn't know what I was going to do. And I think if COVID has taught me anything, it's like, I know what I want to do now. I like, I don't want to be a host. You don't like it. Yeah, that's not your thing. I want to be, I want to be, I'd rather produce. I mean, you're still hosting. I know. It's a podcast, though. It's different. <laughs> You're still you know, it's different. You always got to have your hand in it. You can't get out of it. Yeah, but like, this hey, is... I wanna, yeah. I'm trying to get away from food. Rob, I still I get pulled back into it. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I love this because I don't have to worry about camera angles. I don't got to worry about... I don't got to worry about anything but the conversation. Yeah, it's like it's like back to basics. I love it. This is so much fun. Yeah, well, this was your that's this was your element anyway. Your interviews, you would lose yourself in your interviews. That was your thing. But it's nice to do an interview where I can lose myself and I don't have to think about like, okay, now I'm eating. Is the camera on my food? Is it on my face? Yeah. Where, where, what, am I giving them a good cut point when they edit it? Like all these little things that you have to think about oh, while you're. Oh my god, that's another thing. You were you were awesome with that. You were a monster with that. <laughs> it like that. I gotta say, after doing anything after Restaurant Hunter. There is no one that was more aware of what they did with their hands and how, and while eating food during an interview than it was you. Like, I almost thought like everyone should know that. Like anytime I would film anybody, I'd be like, does he not know that he's being filmed right now? Like, why would he do that? Or why would she do that on camera right now? But I got so used to you just being aware no matter what. So like you wouldn't take this like enormous bite or if you did something like that, it was for a purpose. You know what I mean? It wouldn't like, all right, this is, this is not going to work can we cut around this? Are we going to be able to cut around this? Like, <laughs> we were so aware of all of that. I took that for granted. I got to say the, I don't, well, I don't miss doing this show. Like I, like I, I think it was a great chapter in my life. I was happy with it. I'm, I'm okay now not doing it. It's not like I sit around and go, Oh God, I want my show back. No, it's fine. Oh, but if there's anything I miss besides the people, because the people I always said during that show, I don't know. I know I said it to later crews and I'm pretty sure I probably said it while you were on the show as well. Um, I always said like, we're never going to have a work experience like this ever again in our careers because it was so unique that we were, we were left alone and, and trusted to do this thing. And like, you know, and, and, and we, that's just a freedom that you're not usually given. And I, and I've always said like, there'll never be a work experience like that ever again. So I really, you know, all the people, I don't want to start naming names cause I might forget somebody, but the people that worked on the show were incredible. But besides the people, I think the thing I miss the most, if there is something is there was just sort of this sense of adventure yeah. in doing it. And this feeling that anything could be possible, you know, like going to Canada or, getting yeah. a celebrity to come on or celebrity chef or going to just even like visit like the East end of long Island and those day and trips and concept of everything. Just, it was doing something new every day. And to me, it was actually, it was important to me because you were, you were shedding light on restaurants, the local restaurants. It was never a corporate show and it wasn't a critique. Like it wasn't a critic show. You never, you never sat down at the restaurant and said, um, Oh, this is what's good about it, but this is bad. This is, wasn't that you're, you're, that show was really about the restaurant, the people in it. How did it get there? What is the history of it? And that to me is important. That to me, I think is what people love in restaurants. And that was just a snippet of what me and Daniela talked about. We, we talked for, uh, I think about an hour and a half uh, <laughs> when we recorded that. Uh, it was really great to catch up with her. Um, just a, a fantastic human being. And just one of the many friends I've made doing this show that I know are going to be in my life 
in some way or another for a, a very long time. Now, I wanted to get to some questions that you all posed to me on Instagram about Restaurant Hunter. And the first one is from a friend, Eric Davis, who was actually on the show a couple of times, Fandango's managing editor. He's also been on this podcast. How about that? And he says, have there been any places that either you never made it to or opened in the year since the show went off the air that you were or are itching to visit and shine a spotlight on? And... Uh, in terms of things that would open in the past year, no. Um, and I say that because, honestly, I'm not really... Eric's a Long Island guy. I'm not really following the Long Island dining scene right now. It's not... I live in Brooklyn. Um, this year has been so crazy. I think when, when the show ended, I still kept an eye on it, just the way you'd keep an eye on a favorite sports team. Even though I wasn't doing it for a career, it's hard to sort of let go. But then... You know, everything just kind of got turned upside down in the world and you only have so many hours. So I'm not, you know, paying close attention to what's going on on Long Island unless I see something on Instagram. So, no, I really don't have a place that I I wish I could shine a spotlight on. Um, In terms of a place that I never made it to, that's a good one. Um, You know, most restaurants we wanted to go to, they they wanted to have us. Um, There was one restaurant that I had wanted to go to. I don't I don't know if I feel comfortable saying the name of the restaurant but it, it was father son and the the son who's a young guy and was a fan of the show really wanted us to come and this is a, a super popular place on Long Island um and the dad for whatever reason he was old school he didn't want TV cameras in there and so the dad won out and so I never did make it to this place uh but it's a place that a lot of you would write me Saying, you know, I'll just say it. It's Rob Keys. Uh, a lot of you would say, "Hey, you got to check out this place, Rob Keys." And um, you know, I, I was like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to check it out." But um, anyway, uh, I don't think it's so much dirt I'm airing here. That happens, you know. Some people they just don't understand the whole TV thing, and that's fine. I never cared if if somebody didn't want us to come. Honestly, it was no big deal to us. I'd rather know that in advance than show up and have somebody be ornery, you know? So it was, yeah, totally fine, totally fine. And they, they quite frankly, Rob Keys didn't need our attention. They, I, from what I understand, they're slammed all the time. So, you know, us being there wouldn't, I don't think, have made a difference for them either way. Um, the next question uh, is from somebody, Long Island locavore Nancy Vell, who asks, how does an Emmy-winning show find itself off the air? Uh, Emmys have nothing to do with whether you're on the air or off the air. Uh, in, the, in the case of Restaurant Hunter, look, Verizon decided to stop producing local news. It was simple as that. And so I didn't actually work for Verizon. I worked for RNN, which produced the news for Verizon and produced Restaurant Hunter and other things for Verizon. And... You know, just like anyone else, they had a contract. And the contract, I'm not, this is no new news. This was in the news after it all happened. The, the contract ran out and they didn't renew the contract. And um, 150 people lost their, their jobs over it. And that sucks. But I mean, you know, there wasn't, you know, if, if the channel goes away, the show doesn't have a home. So the show didn't have a home. And so the, I know Verizon liked the show enough to want to put it on video on demand to placate people. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how it ends up that off the air. And again, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I developed the show, but but Verizon wanted to do the show, 
um, I was doing a, a dining segment as a news reporter for Fios One News called Reservations with Rob, and executives there had an idea to make it a a show, a weekly half-hour show, Restaurant Hunter. I did not come up with the name Restaurant Hunter. I can't take any credit for that. Um, so I don't own that. So again, um, how does it find itself off the air? The, the channel went away, all the content went away, and that's that. So anyway, hope that that answers your question. And the last one is from Scott G. Scott G asks, were there any particular restaurants in the Hudson Valley that were either particularly easy to work with or otherwise difficult to work with? Um, This one is hard to answer because uh, there were a lot that were easy to work with. Most of them were easy to work with. And if I start naming names, then I'm going to leave somebody out and I don't want to do that. But I mean, it's the hospitality business. And you know, it's not like we just show up cold. You know, there's a lot of phone calls from the time we reach out to the time we show up to gather information and get to know them. So, you know, and most of the people by the end that we were visiting knew the show and they were fans of the show. So we were walking into the friendliest atmosphere. I mean, as somebody who covered news and sports in my career, you know, in those situations, they, you weren't always wanted, especially with news. But, you know, even in sports, sometimes the coach doesn't want to talk to you or the players don't want to talk to you. Here, they, they want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, it, that's the, one of the things I miss the most about the show, honestly, is that it was just such a warm, friendly environment that was created. You know, it was the hospitality business, and these were the people that were the best at it. So, uh, you know, almost everybody was great to work with. Um, were there difficult people to work with sometimes, occasionally? Yes. Um, I'm not going to get into every little detail of everything, Um but, you know, I, I will say this. It's only happened a, a couple of times, but there were a couple of times where we had some really bad situations happen. And again, I'm not going to go into details because it's honestly, they never happened to me personally. It was to other people. And we did not air those segments. They got pulled. And we had to scramble to figure something out. But I was never going to air something if something negative went down one way or another. So... Uh, but that was such a rare, rare, rare occurrence. Um, I think that's what made this sh- us, us popular with the show, is that we were trying to keep it real. You know, we weren't critics. We were upfront about that. We were storytellers. I was curating. But I wasn't going to just BS. Never have. Never will. Okay, well, this was a, a fun trip down memory lane. Thanks again to Daniela for joining me. And look, if you are new to new to the show, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow on on uh, Spotify because when you do that, and we drop a new episode, it shows up right there for you. It gets downloaded, or it shows up, you know, up in your your inbox or whatever. You, you can find the podcast easier. That's all I'm saying. It's a reminder, so subscribe, please. And if you like what you heard, rate the show five stars, of course, and uh, leave a comment while you're at it. You can also follow me on social media at Rob Patron TV on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.